0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with a conversation about California crafted amazing kitchens. The kitchen is the heart of the home, right? Always has been. This conversation features Julia Wong, Lori Haefela, Sherry Dolgan, Barry Bradvick, and Christy Nelson. These amazing designers come from vastly different backgrounds, but all have mastered interior design and truly understand the form and function and purpose of kitchen design. You're going to hear a high-level conversation that covers technology, layout, and specifically the use of space articulated into actionable methods for kitchen design. Truly amazing, truly fun. Susan McFadden of California Homes Magazine moderated this panel, and what you're going to find is how this conversation zigs and zags through so many topics, but the through lines provide some remarkable ideas for crafting the perfect space for every home. This panel is introduced by Megan Riley, co-founder of the West Edge Design Fair, the fall home of Convo by Design in Santa Monica, California. Save for 2020, because we missed it, because we all missed everything this year, but we will be back in 2021. Can't wait to see you and hopefully you'll enjoy This little throwback to uh, the West Edge Design Fair in 2019 with a panel from the Convo by Design Programming Lounge called Amazing Kitchens. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger, a forward acting brand that has built on the promise to provide designers and architects with the right materials to do their best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. This is a family business with over 65 years of global product discovery, sourcing, and manufacturing the finest products available. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program to make the specifying process simple with the support you need. They also have been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. Check out their collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Please also make sure to join us for an interactive video series called The Showroom, where you can find some of the most innovative designers talking about their creations. This is just another example of how Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. Check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com.
1: I'm Megan Riley. I'm the co-founder of West Edge Design Fair, and I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon for our next talk. I also want to thank Convo by Design our media partner who's helped us co-produce the entire programming schedule and uh, is responsible for this space we're sitting in. Uh, Convo by Design worked with four interior designers to pull together the stage, which is designed by Julia Wong, who's one of our panelists. And then the three vignettes you see in the back, each feature a different designer. So we have John McLean Design, we have Studio Akiko, and we have Kevin Isbell. So uh, thank you, Josh Cooperman of Convo by Design, and thank you to our interior designers for collaborating on this space. I next want to introduce California Homes Magazine, who's been a media partner of ours since year one. Uh, They're a great partner, and we're fortunate enough to have Susan McFadden here, who's going to moderate today's discussion. And with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Susan to uh, start the conversation.
2: Well, thank you, Megan, and welcome all of you today. I'm thrilled to see you here for our talk on California Crafted Amazing Kitchens. And We have an incredibly strong panel of wonderful designers here today to talk about innovative design, uh, innovative technologies and new materials, creative uses of traditional spaces, and then their own personal thoughts on kitchens and where they're going and how they're evolving. So before we do that though, instead of reading a long bio, because they all have such, they've done so many wonderful things in their careers, I'm going to ask each one of them to just give us a short synopsis of how they started in the design career business. We'll start with Julia Wong. And she's going to just talk for just a short time, and then we'll go around the group here.
3: Hi, I'm Julia Wong, interior design. I started my career actually in fashion, in couture. I worked under John Galliano, the iconic fashion designer. And then subsequently, I wanted to do something less trendy, like not you know, every season, chasing the seasons. And uh, um, I, it was a natural transition to get, go into interior design. I work all over the world. I'm based in Los Angeles.
2: And next to Julie is Laurie Apel.
4: Hi, um, I actually started as an architect. I wasn't licensed, but I was working for architects, went to architectural school, had two degrees in architecture, and then I ended up working for a design built firm in La Jolla, and they decided to start a kitchen design showroom and asked me to help. I was very snobby. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I'll help because I'm a team player, but I'm actually an architect. And I fell in love with kitchens. And that's been 20 some odd years now. So that's parlayed into kitchen design. And most of my projects are, half of them are closets now. So it's anything hard surface. I don't have an interior design degree or background. So it's just really hard surface design.
2: Yeah, you've, you've done so many kitchens in this county, will, all over Southern California. I always
4: say kitchens are a small version of architecture. There's so many details, and there's so many collaborators, and there's so many subs that go into a kitchen design that it really feels like a really small version of architecture.
2: Absolutely. And next to you is Sherry Dolgan.
5: Hi. Um, my name is Sherry, and I own an interior design firm here in Los Angeles. And I got my start, really, after finding interior design through... Um, Deciding that I wanted to do something as a creative path after pursuing a career in the performing arts as a dancer And when I wanted to stop that and do something else I sort of looked back at my roots which my father owned a construction company And I sort of realized this was something that had always been in my life and around me So I went to FITM here in downtown LA I got my degree in design and worked for a couple of different design firms both large and small in the LA area and then felt like I was jumping off of a cliff and decided to open my own company very early, and that was about 15 years ago and have been working on my own and have built a company now since then.
2: Great. Thank you. And Christy Nelson?
6: Hi, I'm Christy Nelson, KM Nelson Design. Um, Like Julia, I also and Sherry came from a whole other background. Um, I have undergraduate and graduate degrees in studio art and art history, worked in the garment industry, and then um, in entertainment marketing at 20th Century Fox before realizing that was not my path. Took some classes at UCLA Extension, um, the first of which was kitchen design, and fell in love with it and realized that sort of everything I had done really dovetailed into a career as an interior designer and with a passion for kitchens.
2: You've done so well, too. All of you have, and last but certainly not least, we have Barry Redvick.
7: Hi, good afternoon everybody. My name is Barry Bredvick. I'm with uh, Signature Kitchen Suite, which is a very uh, forward-thinking and innovative luxury brand of appliances for the kitchen that really uh, encompasses technology with the best of design. And we've worked a lot with the design community and the building community to bring meaningful technology into the home and into the kitchen. I've spent the last couple decades uh, working with the design and building community working with manufacturers on product and now we've uh, been doing this for about the past three years and it's very exciting. So if you get a chance to stop by and see us, we're in the Culinary Pavilion, we'd love to see you.
2: We all stop by. I I was there the other day, actually. Very impressive. I
7: think there's some bourbon tasting around 3.30. Oh,
2: oh, (laughs) wow. We'll have to run right over. (laughs) Okay, we're gonna start with some questions now and uh, conversation will probably take place, but we'll start with Julia again. And Julia, we know you are an interior designer, but I also happen to know that she's a very good cook. And how do you define an amazing kitchen for you and your family? I was just at her new kitchen the other night, so I know it's fabulous.
3: So um, for myself, um, I have two kids, mm-hmm. and um, I love to entertain. So for me, it's form and function, and... Um, how I, for my own kitchen, I just finished my own kitchen. And uh, so I started with, you know, how a huge peninsula, because I love to cook with the children and demonstrate, you know, how to use the different uh, appliances and things. So um, my own kitchen, it has to be, I erase the boundaries of my kitchen, and it's just one large kitchen, my indoor kitchen, outdoor kitchen. I use them both all the time. And what I did there is that I fell in love with a day called graphite color, and um, that I integrated throughout the whole kitchen design with the bust and punch hardware. And then what I love about it is that I, I love clean lines, so I erased all the outlets and I use under counter uh, uh, systems. Right. But the the so it's the old and the new for me. So what I've done is really clean lines. I've introduced like old um like a, a fountain a french limestone trough and then the new very clean line cabinets
2: and you have that great window that goes that opens to the outdoor I, yeah, so part i'll th- well, talk about that later don't talk tell about it i'll tell you about that later. Kitchen.
3: the hydraulic window <laughs> I love that erases the boundaries it's fabulous
2: yeah. it, and there's a lot of greenery outside that you see and
3: so also slippery. i love um beautiful edge detail, so um, I've used an engineer stone, Cambria stone, on the interior kitchen, so it's a 3CM stone, and that, I wanted to elevate the outdoor kitchen, so at the same time, I've introduced a beautiful soap stone, so that's also 3CM by, you know, instead of a mitering the corners and creating a thick um, reveal, so the indoor-outdoor kitchen are both 3CM, thin, and very elegant.
2: They are, they're very elegant. And Lori, how does the, in what way does the SoCal lifestyle really affect your kitchens, the way you design them?
4: Um, Well, I I thought a lot about this, and I think a lot about um, when I do these panels, it's a love-hate relationship, because (laughs) I'm excited to get, you know, asked to do them, but then I get stressed out, oh my God, I don't have time to do it. But then it makes me actually sit back and think about, like, you know, Where has kitchen design come and gone? And why is it headed here? And why are we so busy? And what's happening in our lives that it's just chaos out there? So I think that the first thing is thinking about you know, we're all busy, we're all running around like maniacs. And why is that? And obviously, traffic. And traffic has gotten twice as bad in the last two years. But also, I think that, and I'm aging, there's a lot of baby boomers out there aging. And I think that it's really important to be thoughtful about, you know, why we care about time so much. And I think a lot of it is we're aging and we don't want to spend time doing frivolous things or things that we don't have, you know, we don't want to do. We want to spend time with our family. We want to spend time having fun we want to relax, but, you know, we can't do that. So that's the first thing for me. I just have to really think about why is it important? Um, You know, and there's the basics, like how you lay a kitchen out. That's the most functional and practical and all those are basics. Um, Obviously having the right inserts in every drawer, that's all pretty obvious. Um, It helps for me. i I don't like the word control freak, because that's kind of negative. I call myself like a control enthusiast. Like, i like to know where everything's going to (laughs) go. I want to know where every spice is going to be and every tray divider and all of that. So that also helps, you know, with everybody. If everybody knows where everything is and everything gets put away in the right place, it's just like clockwork. Uh, in a kitchen. But one of my favorite things about the California lifestyle is really barbecues. I, I started out, you know, it would be like, oh, can you design the outdoor <laughs> barbecue? And it would just be a couple cabinets and some barbecues and they'd be stainless. But now, half a lot of my jobs, most of them, I do incorporate an in outdoor kitchen. And they're very cool now. They're streamli- streamlined, handle mm-hmm. different materials, not stainless. No more succo, thank God. And they're, um, I mean, a lot of them are really quite sexy and quite cool, quite, quite beautiful. And so that's really fun. I mean, in California, we can barbecue year round. You can't do that in a lot of places. So Absolutely. we're doing a lot more of those. And, and you know, we see so
2: many homes, all of us, uh, well, I do a lot because we're always looking for new homes to feature in the magazine, but I love kitchens. I believe still that the kitchen is the heart of the home. And the most important things you can do if you have a family, and I had a lot of children to raise, but now they're all gone. But anyway, the kitchen is where good things happen. And that's where the kids would come in after school. And you know, Julia, they always want to hang around and they want to eat, and the minute they get home, and they run to the refrigerator. But um, I I really believe that the kitchen is probably the most important room in the house. And you've done a great job with every kitchen I've seen. We've done a lot of stories on Laurie. And next, Sherry, I have a good question for you. What is the biggest difference working on a multi-family kitchen uh, compared to a residential kitchen?
5: Um,
2: Explain what you mean by multi-family.
5: Sure, so in the Los Angeles area, um, being a designer here is really fascinating because in our company, we work on commercial and residential. And a lot of our commercial projects are developments of new multifamily buildings. And when we approach a kitchen design on a multifamily building, it's a completely different world than working on something that's a single family residential project. And then you go into the, is it a multifamily building that's going to be rented or is it going to be sold individually as units? Mm -hmm. And then there's, is the single family a development for, or developer that's going to be selling it or is it for the end user? And having that knowledge in the beginning gives us a trajectory of how we're going to approach this design. Because on a multifamily, I'm looking at the demographics and the sociographics of who's potentially going to be taking on this unit. If it's a younger person, right now, most young people who maybe aren't cooking enthusiasts, they're gonna be ordering from DoorDash or from Postmates and their kitchen, although it needs to be important, is a different approach than going to a single family where there's uh, you know kids and a, and a mother who wants a more traditional home. You know, a, a big island and a, and a huge space of their home is being taken up by the kitchen. So I need to approach, depending on what kind of design it is, how I'm going to navigate these decisions based on what is the final outcome.
2: You know, you have to know your market. You absolutely, absolutely do. Absolutely, and in it? Los
5: Angeles, the vast different markets that are all around in different pockets. Right. I mean, there's a different kitchen that's being designed in Silver Lake than there is in Pacific Palisades. Oh, absolutely. So you have to know that. Right. working here in LA. Uh, There's
2: so many apartment buildings being built uh, in Orange County along Jamboree Road. They're huge. There's, you know, just rows and rows of beautiful and pretty pricey apartments. Uh, I don't know where everybody gets the money to pay all that, but they, <laughs> they find people to live there, but they do different, a very a various variety of incredible kitchens, and I've seen a couple of them. I thought I would move there just for the kitchen, but <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. But anyway, we're going to move on to Christy, and Christy, your first question is does sustainability and eco-friendliness impact kitchen design, material selections, and do clients care that much beyond their energy-efficient appliances and recycling bins?
6: So this is an interesting question, and I'm sure that you guys find this as well. There's definitely an age divide and who cares really about sustainability and who's really about you know well how much is my appliance costing me when i start running it (coughs) Um, so definitely my younger clients really are interested in what are the materials that are being used you know what's the impact on the environment what does it take to make this Um, and the old you know our older clients me being in the age range speaking of older um tend to need to kind of be brought along in that thinking. And in my firm, we really do make it a point to, to consider our environmental footprint and our impact. So we do a lot to really try to incorporate salvaged materials, to incorporate um, recycled materials, to reuse things. Maybe if it's a remodel, we might try to find a way to reincorporate existing cabinets if they're right. well built. So that we really do try to lessen our impact. And then also in terms of materials, we'll use things like cork on the floors, um, marmoleum, people think linoleum and vinyl are the same thing, and they're not. Uh, Linoleum is a very environmentally friendly product. Um, Both cork and linoleum are completely sustainable. And so they're wonderful, plus they're really soft to stand on. They're great for us, you know, in terms of ergonomics and comfort and using your kitchen. So we really think about those things, and we try to put it into a context that our clients will, you know, um, be receptive of. You know, and I feel like we as designers, we have a a responsibility to lessen the impact of our work, and it gives us an opportunity if we can educate our clients, um, you know, I think we take advantage of that opportunity.
2: Oh, absolutely, I'm sure. Uh, Barry, one question for you, and you're kind of, you have coming from a different place, really, but how can transformative technology help home cooks become more creative, efficient, and sustainable in the kitchen?
7: That's a great question. Um, You know, I think people are really still trying to figure out uh, how technology is coming into the kitchen and even sometimes why technology is ending up in the kitchen. Uh, So how we kind of take the approach on that is uh, and we do a lot of uh, survey work and things too. And Technology wasn't coming up in the answers on the surveys and we couldn't figure out why. And we went back and asked the questions a different way and really the consumers that we were targeting, the home buyers, uh, came back and told us it's because we expect it to be there. Uh, We didn't mention it because we expect there to be technology in the kitchen like we do right. in the other parts of the home. So, so how we kind of approach it, um, our, target, our target customer is really someone that, that we call a technicurian. So yes, we made that word up, we trademarked it. It's in the, it's in the jargonator, you can look it up. Um, but it's really someone that, that wants technology but only if it can help them entertain better or save them time or ultimately both. So we're not gonna put technology in something just for the sake of having it. It really has to help them cook better, save them time, like in, in the case of using sous vide, uh, cook, them, cook them a healthy meal easier, like in the case of our steam ovens, things right. like that. So, so the technology has to, has to do both of those things to kind of really be effective.
2: And you mentioned the word um, that I was thinking about, tech uh, That is, you say, describes a new group of consumers they're really interested in all that? Very people, forward do people thinking. care about that? Yeah, the very
7: forward-thinking home chefs. So right. people that, they don't mind a little technology, right. as long as it's gonna help them perform right. better as a, as a host, right. or, or save them time. But technicarian is basically technology, and epicurean, combining those things together, and really have it be meaningful in the kitchen.
2: Do you all feel that the millennials and the younger groups are all you're all young to me anyway, but they, are you cooking more at home now? But I see everybody eating out every night and the restaurants are packed. So, I mean, what is happening? Are people really cooking a lot? Do you have, do you entertain at home, Chrissy?
6: We do entertain yeah. at home quite and a you bit. And cook? Um, during the week, actually my husband has now become the, um, the cook in the family since oh, he nice. um, you retired and became an entrepreneur.
2: That's great. So, yeah,
6: so that's a benefit. Um, mm-hmm we we go through fits and spurts for sure we tend to cook more when we are entertaining than when it's just
3: us Mm
2: -hmm.
3: i i entertain and i cook every day you do i do so i you know in the morning i cook is quite a funny thing so my daughter takes a packed lunch to school every day she hates school lunch so I have like a whole system. Monday I plan the whole meal plan for the week. So I have oh, like a little so good. hot lunches so of like so <laughs> little flask. <laughs> so it's hot, like you know, hot on Mondays and Wednesdays in a hot flask, and then you know maybe sam- but different kinds of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. She even requested the menu next time. She said, "Can you put a menu in the in Can the lunch?" Can I live at your house? house? I'd she's like to. Here. Li- I'd like to live at your house. So she's not even laughing. <laughs> So, I do cook, and then so it's really important to me that the kitchen is both form and function. Right? Right. I stress it because of course, I love fabulous and beautiful, and it has to make me feel sexy in the kitchen, not like a slave but um, but at the same time, that the clean lines is not just beauty, it's really about you know cooking and and large surfaces right. so that we can uh, the other way I use. For entertainment is that I don't really my kitchen's not very big and then when we design clients' homes they, they're huge so it's actually much easier to design but when you have a smaller kitchen it's every inch counts it has to be so, very well yeah. designed so instead of and the organized. island everybody loves islands I had to be you know kind of tolerate a <laughs> peninsula but no so so I so that the surface area for cooking all of that is very important for a cook.
2: Lori, I have a question for you though, you say I West L.A. I to say LA something is... really
4: quickly, my favorite day, one of my favorite days in my entire life was when my eight-year-old said he wanted to eat in the cafeteria. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have to make lunch anymore, I don't have to get up early. <laughs> that's like that's 10 that's more so minutes cute. sleep in the morning. <laughs> West L.A. is
2: also known as Silicon Beach. How are clients wanting to integ- integrate technology into their kitchens?
4: Um, well, one thing is, one of my favorite things about technology is that we're getting rid of desks in kitchens, which mm-hmm. is makes me so happy. That was one of my biggest pet peeves of my entire career, mm-hmm. desks. I'm I so happy to get them out of kitchens. Um, I mean, me, myself, I'm not very technologically advanced, but I use, every, I use my cell phone for everything. I run my whole business on my cell phone. I don't even have a, a desktop on my desk heaven (laughs) I don't have a laptop I just use my phone or yeah the phone it's amazing but you know kitchens um what clients want with technology obviously the appliances have come you know so far there's appliances that i love there's um you know the top brewer coffee maker like i love this you can you can lay in your bed you can wake up you decide what you feel like that in bed oh you know what uh today's a coffee morning or i've got a busy day today i can have a cappuccino and or maybe i have a sore throat i'll get some tea and you can just literally just program it from your phone but my joke is that if you uh if it dispensed mimosas, it'd be even better. <laughs> Especially after like, I'm the West Edge opening down. party. <laughs> I would like to do a mimosa. That's true. <laughs> we'll sure. i let show. those guys yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, Sherry, do you see modern kitchen design moving into a more regular and acceptable place in the home?
5: Well, Um, so modern design for me, for what I've seen in the evolution in LA, is very, very tricky and complicated because LA takes a long time to catch up to what I associate with a European aesthetic, something that is very clean and that the standard is modern, very contemporary and very streamlined. And no matter how many homes, you know, new clients come in and things, the the idea is they still want it cozy, and I can't stand that word, but, you know, they just... (laughs) They, they don't appreciate um, a more European aesthetic that is very, very streamlined. It's, it's slowly coming and you know if I go and travel overseas and I, and I see it as such a standard, I mean, things that took so long to get here, they're, they're just barely making the way and it's been there for the last 10 to 20 years. So I think it starts with the appliances. I think people are just starting to get into things like electronic cooktops which is like mind-blowing for some people. They just have to have a gas you know, cooktop. And I think it starts with the appliances. I see it happening faster in multifamily or commercial mm-hmm. buildings, and then it slowly trickles mm-hmm. into residential. But it's still very 50-50 in L.A., or maybe more like 70-30 in L.A. It just takes so much time.
2: Right. I still see so many traditional... So many. ...gorgeous kitchens. And what's so funny is you'll go to a big home, a beautiful home that... They have the gorgeous kitchen, then they have the corridor leading, the butler pantry leading to the formal dining room. Mm -hmm. And that's great. And then behind the large kitchen, there's a little kitchen and that's where the wife and the kids actually cook when they don't want to mess up the beautiful kitchen. I thought that was, that's the ultimate, you know, privilege. (laughs) Yeah, the show kitchen. But that that happens a lot. I I see a lot of it. Christy, here's a question that um, I wanted to ask you, how is the architecture shape and form of a kitchen changing and to what degree is the way people are using their kitchens with a focus on real function affecting the larger space and layout? Well, so... I mean, that's...
6: Right. So uh, one of the things you just spoke to was the fact that, you know, you have multiple uh, cooking spaces in a home. Um, I know a lot of people who... um, are actually going back to a closed-in kitchen instead of it being all open, because especially if you do a lot of entertaining and formal entertaining, um, if you have uh, caterers coming in, you don't want people in their way. No, you want the kitchen no. closed off. And so, yeah, it is, it's a hot mess. And so you want that you know separation. Um, so that's definitely changing in um, in the building, Um, of kitchens and homes now for sure. And also having a show kitchen versus having the cooking kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times we will actually separate the cleaning um, area out of the kitchen entirely. So the kitchen is the cooking space. And then we'll have a butler's pantry that has all the cleanup in it so that there's not a lot of cross traffic. So really that's a function piece. And you know the the cleanup is going in and out of right. one area and the cooking stays in a whole yeah. other area it,
2: it, there's so many varieties it really depends on your lifestyle mm-hmm. if you're you know entertaining a lot or if you're single or if you're retired and you travel all the time mm-hmm. so it's kind of exciting to see the different varieties and the way people live Absolutely. and how that affects the type of kitchen
6: they yes. have yes yeah. what makes it fun for us because then you yeah, get to do so awesome. many different
2: things no there are very Uh, Let's talk about kitchen cooking appliances. There are so many things out there on the market today that I have to ask you a really dumb question. And I'm sorry to do this, but you mentioned the steam oven. And I I just had dinner somewhere where they actually barbecued steaks and they put them in the steam oven. And they were incredible. But what's the steam oven? So it's (laughs) counterintuitive. It doesn't
7: make sense because adding moisture to something like that wouldn't make you think that's going to make it better, right? But it does. But it does. Um, The same thing with baking bread. You wouldn't think that you would get the highest rise and the best crust on a loaf of bread by adding steam to it, yet that's exactly what happens. So steam is an amazing way to cook. It's a healthy way to cook. Um, It's incorporated in our products. But another really exciting and new way that really is catching on, especially in a lot of restaurants, especially here in L.A., um, is sous vide. And sous vide is a, is a classic French style of cooking. It basically means under pressure. So you're cooking things like proteins, so chicken, steak, pork, um, vegetables, things basically under a water vacuum bath at a very precise temperature. So we have the world's first uh, range with that type of technology built in. So it guarantees the perfect result every single time. So if you were gonna cook a steak in a sous vide, And again, back to the time saving thing, right? And wanting to entertain and be with your friends and be with your family. You don't wanna be running back and forth from the barbecue to the kitchen, to timing it, making sure it's not overdone. Someone shows up late, now they have a burned steak. So this is literally drop it in the water bath, wait 45 minutes or an hour. You can be prepping all of your other food while your steaks are cooking. Take them out, sear them for a minute on each side, and it's the perfect steak every time. And all you're using is water. In a very controlled temperature, so 131 degrees, perfect medium rare steak, and it's a lot of fun. It's very, uh, it's very and fun to do. Forgiving. And do you all have these
2: appliances in your kitchen? Do
5: you have I don't, yeah. I don't have them, but I spec them a lot. And the other thing that happens in Los Angeles is there's a whole, you know, community here of vegan mm-hmm. and vegetarian eaters, and they love a steam oven. They it's love the, best it. way, it's really, the best way. It's the best way to love cook it, vegetables.
2: And do, can you buy it separately and put it in your oven, or is it part of it? You have to buy a whole new oven. You do. It's part yeah. of the oven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's part yeah. of the uh, oven. You, you can, you, you so. can do it the, really the Chinese one. way and buy yeah. a
3: steamer and put it on the stove. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> well, now, Julie, we're going to let you talk about your outdoor barbecue area because okay. I know you do a lot of outdoor entertaining, and I know that you have clients that like outdoor kitchens. So tell
3: us. How do you? So, so coming from London, I know I, I designed so many outdoor kitchens because you guys, Angelinos, you know, live in this beautiful place, and we. I appreciate it when I first came. The light in LA is actually different from anywhere in the world. It's so beautiful. The light in LA in the sunsets it is. It's famous, actually. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I was looking for my home, my personal home, I. I Historically, I've always loved designing view homes, but that's not the, you know not that doesn't always happen. But for my own home, I wanted somewhere you know that has a gorgeous home so I can be outside and enjoy the outdoors. So um, I've decided to, in my own space to I talked about uh, talked about it earlier about you know erasing the boundary. We always talked about you know um, the the indoor outdoor kitchen. Uh, seamlessly, so I wanted. I, I created a um, custom window, a hydraulic window. So it's kind of retro-inspired, uh, like a pass-through, but more dramatic. And uh, so I tested on my close friends. They came over. I'm like, you guys got to come over because I don't know if this works. <laughs> and then we designed it. They came over. We were passing food back and forth the whole evening. And then you can, you can, even if you're outside, you can be kind of be listening to some of the conversation indoors as well. So, uh, and my outdoor kitchens are usually very, I elevate it by uh, imitating some of the indoor details, interior details, like edge details. We're using out, outdoor materials, but uh, is you know, completely um, integrated design-wise as the indoors and uh, I love mixing the organic element as in the outdoor elements. My barbecue is created underneath a big mature um, magnolia tree and I've suspended uh, some hand woven uh, cocoon lighting so that you have the beautiful slick soapstone countertops and then but but there's contrast with the organic elements as well. But we use our outdoor um, barbecue, not a ju- uh, kitchen. Not it's not just a kitchen; it's a bar as well. And you know, and I have a a, um, introduced a linear drain. You know, what you get you buy buckets and you pour ice in, and then you have to pour the water out. So this sink is it doubles up as a um, co- uh, ice cooler, and then it's at, and then it's a sink as well. It just has we custom make it so that is linear, and uh, and then we we'll put. Um, Beautiful stone shelf thing as well, right. so it's storage. Because otherwise, the countertop is full of, you know, things that is unsightly. Where where I grew up, we can't have any plastic on the table, so oh, like right. things like that. Right. You know, it all have to be pretty things on the table. Yes. So everything I can hide it underneath the barbecue on the shelves and things. So that's some of the outdoor elements. Interior elements I've introduced outside. Right, Laurie. How
2: does the Southern California design community really
3: influence
2: how you design your kitchens? And I know you do a lot of very high-end kitchens in very large homes.
4: Yeah, well, but. one of my favorite things about um, Southern California is obviously the design community. It's very diverse, and mm-hmm. I I have a very long-standing, great relationships with architects, contractors, interior designers, and um, which I love, and that's why I like what I do because mm-hmm. I have these great relationships. But I've seen the kitchen industry change a lot in the last 20 years. When I started, it was all salesmen, and there were not a lot of women, it was salesmen, and they were just selling cabinet boxes and they were putting in as many as they could. How can we make money? You sell a cabinet. <laughs> so these were not very well designed and not very practical kitchens. And then slowly, you know, um, kitchen designers started getting involved, and it became a little bit more design oriented and then all of a sudden interior designers and architects get involved and then they brought it to a whole nother level. I mean, it's just the level of design is, is has escalated and is an amazing point, right? an exciting place to be right now in the industry. Um, and without the collaboration, you know, we wouldn't have that. Um, but I've also seen that the styles change. Like, for example, when I first started, everything was old world like old world style, everything. And then it started, it kind of, the pendulum swung to the other side. <laughs> and it's very like high tech, stainless steel, cold, contemporary. And I feel like right now we're kind of in the sweet spot. I feel like we've kind of settled down in the middle. And mm-hmm. I think that it's streamlined, clean lines, but warm uh, materials, Mixing lots of texturing, a lot of layering. And, and uh, to me, I think we're in the perfect space to be as far as kitchen design goes.
2: A lot of variety. Mm-hmm. A lot People of variety, but so it's sad. warm. and. It's not like you have to have the all-white kitchen with the stainless steel. Well, that's where it went.
4: <laughs> <I think> it's <laughs> well, coming we back, back down. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. we still have to do them, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, Sherry, do you see the modern kitchen uh, coming back? Do you see people getting away from the modern kitchen, or is it becoming more modern? And what about all white? Do you see people using color now? We talk about that.
5: Oh, the all-white no. kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's people's safe place to have an all-white kitchen, yeah. and I think it's our job as designers and in the design community to show them there's another way. There are other there are other things other than white in a kitchen, and and how important layering is, and how important using different materials. And I think like what you're saying, we're in a good spot where people have access now to more things, and they can see a lot more clearly right. of, of what's going on. I was,
2: I've seen a several kitchens in other magazines uh, recently, very recently, like El Decor had a fabulous lacquered green kitchen, very true. Did you see that? Yes. I love yes. that. Bombers, I yes, think. yes. <laughs> it, was, it was so different and I thought, I'm so tired of a white kitchen, I have a white kitchen. I just wanted to go out and buy a bunch of paint and start painting. Uh, Then there was another magazine that had a butler's pantry that was dark uh, blue, almost navy blue lacquered again with beautiful cabinets. So I thought, you know, things are kind of, you can do either one.
5: You can do either one. And I think, well, right now there's a trend going on of all black kitchens. You know, and that terrifies clients because they say that famous sentence of like, is this going to make my room look small and I want to hit them over the head with a pan, but I don't. But it's not, it's really a matter of light and how much light you bring into a space that a black kitchen is just as elegant or even more so than an all white kitchen. No,
2: I've seen several recently too, especially in uh, nice apartment buildings. Someone who, or someone buys a condo, especially, you know, some single guy that I just saw the other day, he wanted his Congo shot. And it was all black, and it was so beautiful, Uh, really pretty. So anyway, on to Christy. And Christy, how have you personalized your client's kitchen for their California lifestyle? And with, are we just talking about color trending? I'm Mm -hmm. sorry.
6: But have you done a lot of that? Have you talked them into doing color? so we, we've we done color for a long time. It's one of the things that my firm is known for. Um, so yes, mm-hmm. we do bring color into the kitchen. Um, I very much in terms of a California lifestyle, I'm always thinking about what's outside. What is outside? What is the view of? And um, instead of doing kind of an all beige room and going, oh, you know, let's focus on the what the view is. For me, I think that's more distracting. I feel like in order to blur the lines, we need to bring the outside in. So I look to what's you know what is outside. You know, are you in a high-rise and you're you know you have these jetliner views? How do we play that up? How do we bring that in? Um, if you're in a home and you've got beautiful beautiful gardens, then we're looking for okay. Well, what colors? You know, what is, are you have an all green garden? You know, do you have Views of the hills, what's out there, and how do we pull those colors and those materials inside so that it really is a very seamless, different, you know, there's Beautiful. no differentiation. Right. Um, and we'll do that in cabinetry colors, we'll do that in flooring. I've painted, like, the, my house in North Carolina, which you published, has a very graphic painted wooden floor that's a green and white checkerboard. Um, I love that kitchen. Thank you. I really do. It's a happy kitchen. Well, the whole house is a happy house. (laughs) Thank you. But what a great
2: place to go for
6: So, yeah, so that's how we do it. How do we, you know, how do we incorporate what's around us? And then also speak to our clients' personalities. You know, Mm -hmm. do we do that in a modern setting, in a traditional setting? You know, how, how do we take all of that and distill it into what makes their kitchen them, just like we do for the rest of the house? Right, right. Barry,
2: um, we have to move on, I'm sorry, but we've taken some time to discuss the current state of modern kitchen design. Now, let's talk about the next 10 or 15, 20 years, and what do you think that consumers and the design community are gonna, what more can you do, I'm not sure, but I'm sure you'll come up with some new new things. If.
7: Yeah, that's a good question. I think you know we're not gonna see the Jetsons uh, kitchen anytime <laughs> soon, but um, you know, in the next five to ten years, things are going to uh, change rapidly. Um, things are happening fast already. Like what? Uh, you're going to see a lot more um, integration of technology into the cooking side of things. That uh, and there's a lot of split households. There's people like Julia that love to cook, and then there's people that, well, I'd like to cook, but I'm not. I don't feel like I'm great at it. So help me along with that a little bit. Do some of those steps for me. Make me produce make it better make results. It Exactly. And so there's some great companies that we work with right now today out there. Uh, a company called Innit, for example, that uh, uses food science and the data of food. A lot of smart people in the food business uh, to help the appliance understand what you're cooking and cook it better. So, for example, um, today when you're cooking an entire chicken, you go to the, ch- the store, you buy a chicken, you put it in the oven for 350 degrees for 45 minutes and you get a really dry chicken, and that's what happens you know, most of the time. Well, the oven doesn't know how heavy that chicken really is compared to the recipe. It doesn't know the salt content. It doesn't know the water content. Very shortly in the future, your appliance is gonna know that. It's gonna weigh gonna that, that chicken. The salt it's, content. There's off-gassing sensors. It's gonna cook, it's, instead of doing one step, it's gonna do 82 steps, and you're gonna have the, per, uh, the perfect chicken every time, and that's coming not too far down the road. So you can kind of imagine uh, the changes that are coming there. And just, I think um, time is a big deal. You know, that's one thing that we can't get any more of. And so appliances that are smart that help people save time. So, and, and it's, a lot of it is um, based on the technique, right? So sous vide can save you a ton of time. Um, so things, things of that nature.
2: Well, I always come back to what I feel is that the um, kitchen is really the heart of the home. And it's where we really spend most time with our children and our husbands or our partners, whatever. So I just hope that it doesn't become too too technical and people are running in and out and there's still not that great family camaraderie that I, well, I married a man who had three children and I had two and we raised them together in one house. So I became a stepmother and I learned very soon after I married this man that the only way to, my, to get the stepchildren to really like me was the way to their heart was through their stomach. And when I started cooking and really using a kitchen, they, it, the whole family dynamics changed pretty fast. So I'm always thinking that I hope the kitchen remains the heart of the home.
7: We feel the same way, absolutely. Yeah, really.
2: So does anyone have any questions right now? We have just a few seconds left.
4: I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's coming. You might know more about that.
2: Yeah, Um,
7: we're actually there today. So the question, it was a great question, is um, will I be able to talk to my oven and say, hey, can you make this for me? Um, And that's actually in a lot of the product that we make today. So you can say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, and uh, find this recipe for me and send it to my my oven today. Um, In the future where that will go, again, I think is having everything talking to each other. So uh, in January, we'll be launching some really neat stuff at the kitchen and bath show. But um, we make a really, really cool wine storage preservation system. And wouldn't it be nice if it knew what you were cooking and said, this seven-year bottle of wine you've had laid down that's amazing would go great with this filet mignon that you just great. sous vide. I like it. And that's actually, it's a great. great time to drink it. And by the way, you're almost out. Would you like me to order you a little more? Is it going to so tell us when it's
6: corked? Don't it, use this one. Yeah, don't, don't drink this bottle. Um,
7: but it's, it's things like that that I think um, are right around the corner. And actually, a lot of it is here today. Um, so we have a a little uh, design center in Napa Valley. It's about 24,000 square feet. And we do have a lab in there right now that we take designers through and we show them, here's the technology today. This is kind of what's coming and on the horizon. But I totally agree with Susan. We, don't, we want the kitchen to stay the heart of the home. Uh, we don't want to push a button and everything just happens. Cooking is an art and entertaining is an art. And we just want to, if, if you're a good home chef today, we just want to make you a great one, and we want to make it look effortless, and we want to give you more time back with your family and friends no, in the, the kitchen. So. I
2: think that's the most important
7: part of the kitchen, but Laura,
2: you
4: Yeah, had- no, I was just going to say, like, this is a- Top secret in the industry, don't tell anyone. I hate to cook. <laughs> and I design kitchens and everybody's like, oh how'd you, how you. cook? I absolutely hate it. But if I have the right appliances and the appliances are gonna help me and they're gonna do great things for me, then I would spend more time in the kitchen. You might just learn to love to
2: cook. You might become a great chef.
4: You know what? It's the time, it's the staging, it's it's like how do I am so stressed out, like, oh my god, nothing's gonna be the same temperature, it's gonna be, you know, something's gonna be cold and like it's not comfo- it's not fun for me. It's really I, fun for people. I do. I love, it's not from, I love for me.
3: cook, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can yeah. cook, but can you make me a chef?
4: <laughs> right. Exactly yeah, but that, I think right. an oven like that would be amazing, yeah. and that would make me spend more time in the kitchen.
3: <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you know, what there, we were talking yeah. about, steaming, yeah. right? right? The steam oven.
7: Yeah, I think I don't, I don't see gas going totally away. I think um, there's still going to be people that always love to cook with gas, especially in the outdoor arena. Yeah. Gas is, is king by far. Um, but what you will see is kind of new and innovative technologies that, and some of them have been around for years in Europe. Induction, for induction. example. Yeah. You know, most of, of our customers, once they've tried induction, they actually, some, a lot of them won't go back to gas. That's simply true. because I've it's, seen that as well. it's so powerful, it's so efficient, it's so easy to clean. Um, but then we've got these other technologies like sous vide that runs on 110 volts of electricity and is very efficient and is very friendly to use and very easy, but it also produces the best results. Um, induction is getting more popular, but it's at a very slow pace. Uh, but other, other uh, cooking methods like steam, I'm sure a lot of the kitchens you specify today, I'm sure have a steam oven specified into them. Um, it's a very popular and very healthy way to cook now. So I think you're going to continue to see it evolve, um, but I don't see gas going completely away, if that makes sense.
2: I don't think it will either. Um, too many people, I know chefs, still like to cook with gas. Mm-hmm. Especially in restaurants, you see them. Mm-hmm. They're, not in, they're not doing electric too much. Yeah. So Julia, I have one more question. I forgot to ask Julia this, but I wanted to, but you've worked in Singapore and London, how, how are people different here in California? How are your clients different? Just quickly.
3: I have an international clientele, you know, whether they're here or Singapore or right. London, but um, kitchen-wise for sure, you know, in Sing- London and Singapore both has a more, we're constrained by space. Here we can do a lot more. Yeah. American kitchens, California kitchens definitely inspire the world mm-hmm. because just by the, the, the fact that, you know, we have to think about storage and uh, um, you know uh, the the saving space we can't do a lot of extravagant Mm. things so that's really different but also for example Singapore we have to a lot of the times we have two kitchens because you know traditional Chinese cooking the oils so definitely the trend in Singapore has been the chef's kitchen and then the entertaining kitchen has been going on for a long time and um also, London again is mixing. London has a is when I design in London is merging the old and the new, because in Europe there's a lot of old buildings, and we have to be able to merge some of the you know architecturally like you know storage, uh, original storage as in beautiful uh, um, crown molding, beautiful cabinets, and then introducing new modern kitchens. How do we do that, merged in the old? Uh, um, uh, well, so that's kind of the difference. We we get a lot more, right. you know, right. uh, uh, freer to, right. to create here, Christy. In,
6: in Europe too, um, you know, you have, because you have so many old old buildings, and insulation yeah. is a problem. There will be two kitchens. There's a summer kitchen and a winter kitchen for a reason because you don't want. I mean, they have agas to keep the space warm as much as to cook on, and you right. don't turn it off. So no. It's running all the time, so that's your winter kitchen, and you're not in yeah. it in the summer. You're, you have a whole other right. kitchen that's different. just for winter. So, I mean, there are definite, you know, very different. differentiations. Different. Yes. Yeah.
2: But I think they all look to California. They do for all our look kitchens. To, they all look to
3: California for right. our kitchens. Yeah. Just the pictures looks lovely. You know, even oh. though they can't do the outdoor kitchen, they can, right. they, can they can dream. Fire. <laughs> California dream. Any other questions?
1: Oops. hello uh-huh. everyone here on the panel is uh, a luxury designer and so I just wanted to know if you could speak to the aspirational kitchen what are uh, what is the trend that clients are aspiring to when they're buying their second or third or fourth home and what is the n- what's the new thing in the, the mega kitchen for the
2: old luxury? You, the new thing in the mega kitchen probably Christy or Sherry or any of them any of you can answer this well
6: I think there's definitely still the aspiration to the um, Rolls-Royce range, to having the AGA, to having the La Cornu, and, and having uh, it at some yes. massive scale. You know, That's definitely, uh, for the person that can have that home and can spend that money, that's right. always gonna be way at the top, yes.
5: The other thing that I see which is interesting, and I don't only have extremely high-end clientele, I actually have like regular humans as clients. <laughs> But what they, what they want, in, because of time, what I see a lot happening now is they want their kitchen to be fully exposed. So they really want more open shelving. They don't, want, they don't want to open doors and then pull out a drawer. They're asking for open shelving and I want a knife metal plate to put things on the back and I just want things more accessible so I don't have to dig in my stuff to get things. And then I want storage like somewhere far away for all the big bulky stuff they go to Costco for.
3: And then really quickly, I think it's the technology. People do want the technology. And um, so I uh, specify, you know, the technology really early because if you don't hardwire yes. for it, you can have a $200,000 kitchen, $500,000 kitchen. It's not that luxury if you don't have, you know, let's say beautiful, uh, seamless under-counter lighting that you've got switches everywhere on your backsplash. Right. Or... You <clears throat> Or you know, even beautiful um, lighting in the glass cabinets. That's your night light. Yes. I always do that when I design kitchens. Is have beautiful, uh, you know, part of the kitchen is too solid if it's all solid cabinetry. So, glass detail and lighting detail. So I think that's you know, a lot of people aspire to that have, to have that.
7: Yeah, just real quick on the appliance side. I think for us, uh, we are seeing that shift to the pro range being kind of the star of the kitchen. That big proud piece but i may not want to see my refrigerators or my dishwasher let me panel those but let me have the big the big workhorse and so that's certainly our best um, selling piece is that 48 inch dual fuel range it's got sous vide we call it the the swiss army knife to be cute but um, it's got the the sous vide the gas the induction the steam and the true it has it all it's possible. got it all 48. and okay,
2: and then it. you can kind of hide the other things if you want exactly
7: and people like to be able to do that many things in a relatively small space so even in the multifamily side we're seeing these mid-rise buildings that traditionally we're going to use a lot of cabinet space up and put a lot of built-ins in and now they're going with a 36 or a 48 that can do all of those things in one space and save some of the the organization space so.
2: did you have something you wanted to say
5: No, and I was going to say, on top of that massive range is usually some kick-ass hood. That is the other
2: expensive item in
5: the kitchen that they're like, bling, bling, I'm going to spend on that.
2: Josh, are we at our... You're good. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you all for coming today. It's great to see such a nice crowd
0: what a great chat thank you susan mcfadden for moderating california homes magazine for your support thank you julia sherry Lori, christy and barry for your time and masterful contributions thank you megan and troy for your partnership from the west edge design fair um miss you can't wait to see you guys thank you walker zanger for your continued support of the podcast and thank you for listening subscribing and downloading every episode of convo by design I miss you too, and I miss seeing you at West Edge and all the other design fairs and festivals we missed in 2020 and i 'm really looking forward to seeing you all again soon. We will meet again in 2021 and until we do, be well and keep creating.